This episode is brought to you by the generous patrons who supported us over at patreon.com slash inspiration point. So we want to give a big thank you to our patrons, Kate Prostaskius, Leroy, Josh, Tiana, Falangor, Spike, Konohamaru. Ah, how about that? Set it quick this time. Our newest patron, Booyog, Logan, Punching Potato, and Jen Solo. Thank you all again for helping us to put a little more inspiration out into the world. And now, on to the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another regal episode of Inspiration Point. I'm Andrew. And I'm Adam. Hello. Good evening, sir. Old boy. I'm I'm very good. Very good. I'm uh, splendid. How is it to be, in fact? Uh, Just better than the people. Yes. It is. It is good. It is good. Yes. uh, Very aristocratic. (laughs) Indubitably. Indubitably. (laughs) That makes me remember, uh, what was his name? Like, Herbert Bottom Tooth. Bottom Tooth. That's exactly what I was going for. I I literally had my lower jaw jutted out. (laughs) To be Bottom Tooth. You remember when Uh, he writes for the New Yorker? When he would sing. That was beautiful. Good job, Andrew. Yeah. I think we found you know, a, a new talent for you. I got my got my my weird mouth shaped pipes. <laughs> just you know, just and you know, you are a, nas- folks, uh, a national treasure, my dude. National, wow. That's that's way more than I deserve, but I'll take it anyway. It's true. And uh, you know, to all those folks out there who have weird shaped mouths, you guys are great. You know, we we love you and we understand you. Um, I used to have a weird shaped mouth uh, when I was a kid, and they had to put something. Uh, I had a uh, I had an overbite, and before they would put braces on, they had to correct the overbite. And in order to do that, they put in this thing called a CBJ, which is called, which is short for a cantilever bite jumper. And it basically looked like somebody stuck a garage door opener or something in my mouth. And it like held my bottom jaw forward. Not to the extent of the uh, indefatigable Mr. Bottom Tooth, but uh, it, um, yeah. Yeah, getting. I feel all like that, that explains that. a lot. Like with that gave us an an insight into the backstory. Yeah, because uh, we, you and I both have to have to find out how we got here. <laughs> to yeah, this, you know, to this position. There, and for, for better or ill, you know, do you do you believe in in destiny in any no, way? No, no, no. I mean, I, yes and no. I mean, because I don't think that any outside forces predetermined anything, but it is arguable mm. that our 
essentially brain makeup at birth essentially decides all of our actions. Mm-hmm. So I don't I, know, uh, but I interface with life as if I have choices. Ah, yes. I, you know, I, I feel like there's a bit of both, but I, I feel like, I feel like maybe there are like milestones in our lives yeah. where, or maybe there are different paths that we can go on, but there are critical moments that like, if this one thing didn't happen, then I wouldn't have wound up in the place I am. Um, like a cause and effect kind of thing, like a story. Yeah, sort of. Yeah, no, I, I like to think of it that way. I don't know if it's literally true, but you might as well live that way. Right. Because, yeah. because why not? Like when the, when the waiter comes to you and asks soup or salad, you know, it's, it it, it's going to waste everybody's day. time. If you have like a philosophical breakdown in the middle of the restaurant, soup, no salad, no soup, no salad, no soup, no soup. <sighs> oh, but it was too late, <laughs> but it was too late. We family guy references. We've got them. We've got them. That, that was like, like a good 63% of our college experience. Essentially, essentially. So how are you, man? How's how's life? How are how are all the things in the in the powerful world you live in? Oh, the powerful world. They're pretty good. It's yeah, been stressful it lately. On multiple levels. There, there's a lot going on, but in a way that's it's because there's good things, right? Like I'm not inundated by free time. And, you know, and I, I remember what that was like. And that was terrible. So having having lots to do, having too much to do on the one hand is overwhelming, but it also makes me feel like my life is doing something. Is it like, uh, is it like, is it like having this? The, I know this isn't quite true. Like, I, I, going to work all the time is miserable, right? But yeah. like not going to work for an experience, an extended period of time is way more miserable. At least it is for me. Mm. right you know what i mean you know when like a vacation's gone too long have you ever experienced that i a little bit it honestly for you're a little me, bit more independent anyway in terms of like your work life yeah i mean i i just i i it depends on if i have things to do if it's if it's just like literally sitting around and just like like all there is to do is you know, sitting on a chase lounge next to a pool. Like I can only do that or hang out on a beach for so long. But if it's like, if it's a vacation, but I'm at home and I have access to all my stuff and, you know, I've got all these different fun things that I can be doing or, you know, personal sure. projects I can and be on. Then let the vacation continue. Commence, right. Sure. <laughs> yeah. But you know, like if you, if you sit down in the morning and play a game, like that's fun. But yeah. if you like get up in the morning, you do everything you're supposed to do. You put all your little duckies in the row. You make the wife smile. You make the kids smile. And then the sun is just barely starting to go down. And you sit down at that computer and you know that you are free to do as you like. Isn't that mm. session just much sweeter? That That's a really good point. That's a really you know? good point. And I, uh, you know, not to get too personal, I guess, but, you know, I did spend a chunk of time unemployed and yeah, that well, was, I did too. Yep. And that was the worst hell 
I've ever been in. Like you would yeah. think that it would be like so freeing in a way. Well, a lot of people call it, especially if your job pr- prior to being unemployed sucked, you know, uh, <laughs> sure. a lot. And, and well, I, I think there's a period there where you're like, okay, I'm kind of on vacation, you know, and, and it's kind of nice. It's fun employment is what it fun is. Fun employment. Yeah. But you know, a few weeks in, uh, it's a little yeah. different. Yeah. Well, and there's, there's also the, the pressure of like, you know, as an adult, you want to feel like you're pulling your weight and, you know, contributing and doing your part. Nobody likes feeling like a freeloader. Um, no. And you want to, but you also just want a sense of meaning more than anything else. Like, sure. You know, what I did today, like I could have gone home a little bit earlier and I was mm. sitting there at my computer and I had one kid left in the computer lab. And I could have left it. Um, it would have been fine. The boss was there. And I was just like, I'm just going to paint. <laughs> you know? Uh. And I just sat on my computer and I just I just painted on Photoshop for a bit. And I was like, I could go home. I could probably sneak in some Elden Ring before recording tonight. And then uh, I, there's the first mention. There it is. I'm sorry. That was my first <laughs> sin. I have to put a dollar in the in the ER jar. Um, <laughs> but um I just was like, I'm, I'm going to paint. And I was just working on my guy and I've, and I'm trying a new approach with painting and it's working out really well. It's therapeutic in a way. Nice. And it's, uh, it was just great, you know, and it, it's, it, you gotta, you gotta stop and, and smell roses, but you know, you gotta find meaning through essentially suffering. <laughs> Oh man, and that's uh D in a nutshell, ladies. <laughs> what is the show about? <laughs> I don't who knows. Who knows? You know, it's um, it's about it's about love. It's about it life. About love. It's that's about true. the experiences that we have and taking those experiences and making everyone else listen to us <laughs> talk about them. <laughs> precisely i forgot thank you for putting that in perspective for me that's uh very helpful you're welcome you are welcome oh man i had a great day at class today actually the last few days uh teaching my my advanced D class which is a a ton of fun and i love that class because it's advanced right so everyone who's in there is basically there because they want it right there yeah this is like the all-star cast right and it's super great this is the first iteration of this class right this is the first time you've run this class yes right yes so i was writing lesson plans right and it was fine i was getting my my head organized and that was all great but then our uh curriculum coach the guy who checks on my lesson plans got fired so i stopped writing them (laughs) ah there ah it's probably it's probably good in the long run right like I mean, I'll finish up the lesson plan sometime, but I just, I, I wasn't feeling it. Right. Sure. And you know what it's like when you, when you try to force things, like sometimes you do just have to like grit down and make a thing happen. But sometimes yeah. you're, you know, you're about to make something worse. Yeah. And so I got up and I just riffed. Right. And I, and I got up on one of the days and I was just like, give me four topics. And they were mm. just like, here's a few topics. I wrote them on the board. And I just addressed him one after another. I made him do stuff. I did a bunch of soapboxing. And then I let them play the second half of class. 
So did kind of a kind of an AMA Q&A. a little bit, a little bit. Yeah. And then like the next day I did the same thing, just four topics. Let's talk about them. And then today I took it a step further and I gave every one of the kids a post-it note mm. and I basically forced them to ask a question and I got ah. some great questions back and I just, I hit them one at a time Ooh. And, and I felt like I was just like in the zone, right? Like I was just popping flies over and over and over again. Nice. And it just, I don't know, man. Like, did you just make a sports metaphor? I did. I made a sports metaphor, uh, baseball specifically, which is very unlike me. Um, who are you? I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a rough time. I'm getting older. 40s right around the corner. That's another, that's another, uh, pillar of, of, uh, this podcast is us griping about our age. <laughs> It's true. Even though we're we're pre forty, we still we still whine as if uh, as if they're whippersnappers. But you, you got to think lawn. that you and I met at essentially like the height of life, right? Like the yep. start of college, right? Where you're experiencing freedom and your life is sort of prescribed, and you are the brightest eyed and the bushiest of tails. That you possibly could be. And and, uh, and when we sit down together, it's like almost a taste of that again. And yeah. then we and I'm like, oh yeah, my my hip hurts, my leg hurts, my and then and then we <laughs> are <laughs> rapidly disabused of said notions. And this is what happens. Like one of us says, Hey, how is your day? And the other one goes, like we never oh. just we never just answer. There's always like a sigh. And then a grunt. <laughs> I, you know, I always, I always tell folks like it, at least if you're a guy for all the ladies out there, I all am the ladies. not sure <laughs> if there's an equivalent, but you, you make dad noises. Anytime I get up from a chair or sit down in a chair, it's, oh, or, Oh, oh. my wife 100% makes dead noises. (laughs) But I totally know what you're saying, right? Like, I totally, it's totally a thing. It's 100% a thing. Um, But yeah, she's just like, (laughs) you know, just like you're basically a hydraulic system. (laughs) <laughs> like the air has to escape someplace. Yeah, it's like the air brakes of a semi truck. It's it's like the it's a bus. It's like the it's it's like the the negative version of that uh, of that gasp slash sigh of refreshment when you drink the perfect refreshing beverage. Ah, you know. It's it's the reverse of that. Oh, you're not expressing pleasure and refreshment. You're expressing pain, soreness, and perhaps a little bit of regret. <laughs> you, you, you know, you know, the famous question that people always ask, like about uh, superpowers, they always go, what kind of superpower would you dream of having? Like, if you could have anything, what would it be? And uh, mine was for a long time, something interesting, like maybe 
telekinesis or, or shape shifting or something like that. Uh, but man, I catch myself all the time wishing I had Spider-Man webs because like every time I try to get up from a couch, I just want to like, I need a little leverage. You want to drag your, you need to drag <laughs> yourself up. Like I just want to like, you know, hit a wall and then just pull myself. You just like, you know, you kind of could do that. If you, you go to home Depot and you get some like heavy duty metal brackets and then you just carry around a couple like really nice quality bungee cords of sep- of various lengths. And then depending on your position in the room, you just huck that thing at one of the rings you've strategically placed around the room. You just bungee yourself all over your house. (laughs) I'm now picturing that in my head and it's a pleasant image seeing you bungee bouncing around your house. (laughs) Content, ladies and gentlemen. We've got some. We've got... But, and we promise it's coming soon. And we promise you will be content with our content. Ooh, I like what you did there. And we are never contentious. Mm. Well, are we? But as we get older, we become, we do become more incontinent. (laughs) Or cantankerous. (laughs) Cantankerous is a fun word, too. Cantankerous is a fun word. Cantankerous. Uh, writes that name down. That sounds like a name of like a final boss. Cantankerous. Cantankerous. He's a transformer. Yeah. Right. He's like a World War II panzer or something like that. You know, he's only yeah. got one tread because the other one got blown off by he a He always says line. something, you know, uncomfortable at Thanksgiving. <laughs> he's just never. He's just his his. Constant emotion is surly. <laughs> it's grump. He's grump. The <laughs> the grumpus. Oh my goodness. Okay, so that <laughs> is a tutorial for all of you on how to talk for twenty minutes without saying anything. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Are you ready for a few more minutes of something that? is either going to crash and burn terribly or is going to be kind of interesting story of our lives, man. <laughs> it really kind of is. Oh, that got too real. For a second. <laughs> that, 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 that hit real close to home. It did. You know that, that was our, our last D and D up, uh, our last D and D episode. You see how, how, my brain is warped now. The last session that you ran for us on on Monday was it was like three and a half hours of like how would how would you describe it? So I would describe it as a filler episode in an anime um, and mm. a bunch of old guys sitting around waxing nostalgic about things that happened in an imaginary universe over the course of you know four or five years that's that's very accurate (laughs) and just and that that's exactly what happened so a few people had a really good time uh maybe a better time than usual i know i know for sure and i'm very glad and i had a good time too for what it's worth but not i haven't heard you laugh i haven't heard you laugh that hard 
in a long time. There were some spots where I thought you almost fell out of your chair. There, there were one or two spots where like, I, like my lungs were hurting, <laughs> uh, which is always really fun, but, I, but not everyone did have a good time. And I apologize for that because, you know, especially when you have newer players, um, you know, you don't want to just sit in memory lane all day. That's um, true, especially if they were not involved in the construction of it, said exactly. memory lane. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, it's something that, well, it's something to improve on. Yeah, fair enough. We won't belabor the point as we belabor this. I know, because that could be almost a whole other point, but, um, you know, uh, it'll be fine. So, all right, man, hit me with this topic that will either that'll go down in history or infamy. All right. Are you ready, Andrew? I Well, maybe not, but do it anyway. Relax a little bit. Try to clear your mind. Hold on. Let me make a, and open up let me, the old imagination. Let me make a let me make a dad noise here real quick. Oh, OK. <clears throat> Okay. I was like four. Okay. Anyway. As you open your eyes and wake up, the air around you is hazy and red. There is the sound of crackling of fire, burning pitch blowing winds you push against the dirt ground and sweat and blood drips down on the dust and cracked soil beneath you you push your skinned shins and knees against that dirt and notice the breeze on your skin naked from head to toe You look up at an open sky, but miscolored, overcast, darkened unnaturally, bits of debris flying in the air, a few feathers moving throughout this air, going to and fro far into the distance, and the smell of burning and sweat and death is all about you and as you push yourself to your feet barely holding on with any strength that you have you notice that your footsteps are hot almost burning like a brand into the earth below them and slowly cooling Your confusion is complemented by your lack of memory. Almost nothing comes before you look up to the sky as if searching for these answers. And the air itself waves like a curtain with tattered burned edges and those folds in space grow even and faint and close from your sight 
as you grow blind to things beyond your confusion and solitude is broken by a sound of steps cracking in the earth not far from you the sound of heavy breathing sniffing and a shriek like call a caw some sort of avian wicked creature silhouette breaking through the smoke beyond like the skull of a bird its eyes glowing in a extended finger with the clawed talon end pushing through that smoke like a curtain and revealing its wicked form its beak is caked in blood and ash and makes its way towards you you have nothing with you you look around and see all manner of debris about and you feel incredibly weak do not believe you will be able to outrun this creature but you do sense its hostile intent what do you do has it actually seen me yes but there's a lot of smoke there's a lot of debris perhaps it would be possible to find some cover if you desired that's exactly what i desire all right I look around, what is the, are there any large objects on the ground, like things like, like overturned carts or, um, you know. You rush into the darkness and through the smoke, trying to find anything, but the smoke stings your eyes and burns your breathing. A new sensation, strange, crackling, and causing you to convulse, cough, hack, get the corruption out of you. You grow hazy for a moment. The creature closes. Its claw tears through the smoke towards you. What do you do? Keep running. I scramble and in the dirt and dust and look for anything I can get underneath. You leap out of the way and into a pile of rubble. You feel boat broken bits of metal and glass tear into your skin, but you get out of the way and dodge against this um, wicked creature. Roll a four-sided die. One. You take one point of damage. Wonderful. You while while I'm digging around in the hold on, hold on, hold on a sec. I have to go. I have to give you. I have to give you something. Ah, I see. Um. Okay, updated. Congratulations, you leveled up an ability. Ooh. Anyway, continue. Um. While I'm in that pile of rubble I would like to sneakily clutch a kind of a jagged piece of metal and kind of hold it against my 
inner arm so that it's, you know, kind of tucked away. How large is this piece of metal? Talking maybe like nine inches long, maybe, you know, few inches wide. Mm-hmm. Do you want to try to manipulate it at all or use it as is? I would like to. I'm just going to use it as is. Very good. The creature makes its way towards you again. You have you have failed to hide, but you were able to create some distance and gather this piece of debris in your hand. You have a simple armament. What do you do? I'm going to wait for this thing to take a try to take a poke or movement at me waiting for the first sign of movement I would like to try to dodge out of the way of its strike and try to uh, plunge the shard of metal into the creature to hopefully get it hopefully to get it to run off Ah, you attempt to leap out of the way to get out of the way of the attack, but it comes in incredibly fast. Your side hurts from the lack of breathing and the pain you've been feeling, the weakness, as if all of your bones were broken and are only barely now able to reform, learning to walk again like an infant. The dodge fails. You're hit hard by the claw, but you trade the blow and sink the shrapnel of metal into the creature's body. Worth it. Roll a D8 and a D6. All right, the D8 is a five and the D6 is a four. All right. All right, you take five points of damage. Ow. And the creature takes four. Uh-huh. I need to do the thing. And two. And interesting. Okay, very good. You leveled up another skill. Good job. Ooh, thank you. But the creature is still on you. You're taking hits. You see your blood spilling on the ground, exciting the creature. It's voracious. Greedy. He goes in to attack again. How do you defend yourself? Uh, When it tries to come in and snap at me, I want to try to basically, like, bear hug around its beak and try to cling on for dear life. Okay. This thing is going to be coming at me anyway. You... You bear hug around this beak, and it's it's like a long beak, right? And it gives you a lot of leverage, and the nose is hollowed out. It's a bone, a skull, almost more like than flesh. You lock your fingers into that nostril cavity and hold on for dear life, but inadvertently, as it pushes against you trying to find the leverage, you end up twisting its head all the way around and break its neck. It falls down dead on the ground, twitching. Yes! I breathe heavily 
and take a moment to kind of just collect myself and check for any wounds. You do. You see them festering there. The wounds caused by this creature, they're more than simply knives to the skin. The flesh around it is blackened. It is trying to heal quickly, blisters forming in its spots, but hampered by pustules and boils forming in the same area. It's corrupting touch is wicked indeed. As its body lies there on the ground, you see it begin to dissolve and burn in flames. It dissolves away as ash and dust, leaving behind a single white feather. Hmm. I will pick up said feather. As you hold the feather in your hand, what are you feeling at this moment? What do you want? I want to be able to get out of here. Interesting. How? Well, obviously the feather makes me wish, man, that'd be really nice to have wings to be able to leave. Um, but in the meantime, all all I can think about doing uh, is holding on to that feather because it just feels significant just because of its mere contrast with everything else around this place. Um, but I also look for any um, bits of metal and open fire to hopefully be able to maybe cauterize the wounds I took and at least stop them from getting worse. Interesting. The feather turns golden in your hand. Ooh. As if it were to belong to a great eagle. And it dissolves disappearing entirely and you feel strengthened an ability awakens within your mind and you are filled with power bring your hand to the wound and summon fire and with it you indeed cleanse and cauterize that wound roll a d4 three you take three more points of damage but you have stopped the festering. You have cleansed the corruption from your skin. Hooray. Worth it. Worth it indeed. Now I need to make a note. No more nasty birds for me. No, sir. You know, at the risk of needing to uh, put a dollar in the jar, uh, these <laughs> birds are totally reminding me of those disgusting birds from from the Kalid region in Elden Ring. Oh yeah, absolutely. Those things are so creepy. They're uh, super creepy. My wife loves the dogs. She loves how like dopey they look. <laughs> anyway, 
Uh, fire. Interesting. There's something poking at your back. Ow. You reach back and something's hanging there. Dangling. Attached. It's more on your arm, you would say. It seems to almost travel down the humerus and then the forearm to the wrist. This strange substance grows like a plant out of your arm and you see the golden feather. Hmm. Anyway, what do you do just, next? Just a golden feather? Yep. You have sprouted a golden feather out of your arm. But it's like a big feather? Mm-hmm. Okay. I thought there was just like one little feather hanging there. I'm like, <laughs> okay. It's it's my lucky fin. Um I there's nothing else to do but to try to trudge on. Is there I look for any any sign of civilization or other sounds of signs of life, anything like that. And I if there are any, I would move toward them. And if there is uh, no such sound, um, then I just keep moving, I guess. You listen intently to the air to see if you can pick up anything amidst all the smoke and chaos. But you sense nothing. The sound of crackling fire was all that you could hear in the whistling of the wind. As you make your way through the smoke and ash, you notice the walls about you, the caven of the earth. You walk up one of the slopes and reach the top, climbing out of it. You turn and look back and see you are in the center of a crater. Mm. smoldering and dented into the earth. And you see all about you shining pieces of light flying through the air. Debris falling from the sky in a similar fashion as you must have felt. You look out for any signs of life about you. There is wasteland. There is lost potential. A distinct lack of color. And amidst all the brown and gray and despair, there is a bit of orange light and a plume of smoke rising into the air. The only sign of life so far. But um, what it could mean, hard to say. Obviously, I gravitate toward it. Okay. Definitely got to check it out. I will approach boldly. You approach boldly and stride through the cracked mud earth all about you, bare foot, bare skinned in the air. There is more debris about you. 
a strange horse lies there on the ground, made of refined ores, smithed, pieces pieced together in a corruption of life, wheels where hooves should stand. You sense the creature is dead and broken. A strange chemical smell hits your nose. While fascinating, may or may not interest you. You can walk forward boldly or examine it further. I'd like to examine it further. Does it seem to be a creature or like, like, um, well, obviously it seems to be a creature, but I mean, uh, more of a, a, what would be a threatening beast or does it seem to be something that would have a utilitarian use? Like, does it seem like I, if this thing was functioning, that it could be ridden? You place your hand on the horse. No, the machine. The touch of the metal to your skin brings something into mind. A memory. This is no beast, of course, but technology. It is a motorized bike. Somewhat in disrepair, but... Perhaps you know what to do about that? Or perhaps you don't. Do you? I'm, I'm going to go with perhaps I do. I'm going to take a look at what seems what seems to be broken. If anything seems loose or if something seems to be leaking or okay. otherwise you out of place. Here... The parts are in disrepair, and I myself don't know enough about it to really say, but you do. And you're not even sure you know where this knowledge even comes from, but you are able to do what it takes. You find a red canister, and you pick it up and gently swish it side to side, it's filled with a foul-smelling liquid. You open up the gas canister and fill it with the foul liquid and close it. You find a tool like the claw of a great crab and you twist a few of the bolts back into their place. Mm. There are a couple of pouches on the back of this horse and you place the contraption inside. You sit on it and turn the ignition. And you hear it thrum to life. The engine purring. Filling you with a sense of memory and satisfaction. You have gained a motorcycle. Bet I have. <laughs> yeah. I think this is a really good time to ask. What does your hair look like? 
Oh man. Oh, it's gotta be. It's gotta be a mohawk. <laughs> okay. It's gotta be a mohawk, and and it's gotta match the gold of that feather. Ah, uh, yeah. I like it. I like it. Okay. Your your mohawk blows somewhat in the wind, although it's kind of stiff too. Um, not too much, but not too much. It's a natural mohawk, you know. That's right. It's a natural. A natural mohawk. It's like a, it's like a sail. It's for navigation. <laughs> I see. It's aerodynamic. Unless you get a cross breeze and that just knocks you right over. <laughs> All right. Let me give you a skill here. Navigate with mohawk. Uh, no, I was gonna go with engineering, but I can still change it. No, engineering's fine. <laughs> we can we can put a point into Mohawk navigation later. Alright, sounds good. That sounds that sounds like a good idea. You drive towards the plume and smoke, piloting your motorcycle. And as you approach, you can see its long-lost brothers, other bikes, are in their resting positions. A great bonfire at the center of what is apparently a camp. There are several human individuals moving about the area. Strange sound blares in the air. Do you find it pleasant? Hmm... Is I feel like I don't know enough about the sound. It's aggressive. It's repetitious. It's mm. it's got a sense of fury and anger, but also of ambition and high energy. Mm. There is rebellion in this sound. Does it please you? It actually puts me on edge and makes me think that whoever is around that probably in in this environment probably has ill intent. You sense that. And you get the impression that that may in fact be the case. Though, one cannot always judge. But, as these people spy you, there is laughing and jeering and your nudity. I knew it. They approach you. One of them bears a mask covering his face made of some ragged cloth like burlap a stain paint on the outside as if to resemble a wicked creature something in the depths of dark imagination of nightmare there's a flash in your memory of something that looks like it that you have seen somewhere before 
And that feeling of ill intent is stronger than ever. There is evil here. You smell it in the wind. You hear the suffering piercing through the sound that they would use to mask. There is weeping. There is crying and suffering about you. Victims. These are the strong, the takers, the prayers upon the innocent. And as these thoughts clear in your mind, they finish their jovial remarks at your expense. You did not truly listen to them. But the intent is clear, mocking, to be followed with violent action. How do you act? I rev the bike and race toward the people that sound like they need help. Hmm. Make a note and a die roll. All right. You drive, piloting your bike quickly towards the sound. Startled by your sudden action, the ruffian gets on a bike as well and begins to make his way, although behind you, he makes his way after. His companions join him, and there is a flock of dark birds behind you, in a way. More of those on their bikes with their crude weapons and their crude way of seeing the universe. You find your way towards the sound, and you see a great beast. No, not a beast, of course. A metal contraption, similar to your own, but large, like a cube of some kind. The prison doors lie on its back. You can hear the sound of hands pressed up against it pushing out, but not with full strength. A sense of desiring freedom, but the lack of will, the lack of of hope to even dare believe. And you hear their heartbeats within. What do you do? I look for some kind of chain or heavy rope or some other kind of cord and I uh I move to whatever seems to be the door and I try to chain it to the back of the bike and I try to assuming I'm able to do that I'm going to try to just rip the door right off you begin looking around for such an object and indeed you find something but by the time you get it there and attach the others of course have caught up with you and at the last moment you must decide whether or not you want to finish attaching the chain or if you need it no I'm gonna finish you ignore your opponents and do what needs to be done this gesture seems to anger them further good and the laughter dies down joviality changes and the disturbing, noxious sound in the air seems to stop. They approach you, 
and you finish tying it on. One of them comes in for an attack. What do you do? Avoid. You dodge the attack, and he flies past you and trips over the uh, chain that you now have extended between you and the door. You then leap on to the bike again and peel out and uh, the high pitch of the sound is like the screaming of an eagle and the freedom that you are about to bestow upon the prisoners locked within. The door tears off force created as you pilot the bike forward. The door spins out, clocking the man in the head who tripped over the chain earlier, and the door drags behind you. The other bikes rev and make their way towards you, trailing behind as you lead them further out into the desert. What do you do? I just keep going. And as they, um, the door came free, right? Yeah, you tore it right off. Awesome. So it's trailing. It's being drugged behind you on the chain. So as they start following, I'm gonna slow up just a little bit and let the uh, let the door start to drag the ground. And just as it does. I'm gonna cut to one side quickly and try to circle back and let the chain basically start to wind out and around the the bikes that were behind me and basically try to wrap them or uh, circle around them with the chain. And once I make basically a full circle, or as much as I can, I'm going to hit the gas again, tightening the chain and being able to snare as many of them as I can. Your attempt, though creative and valiant, ends up getting caught. You, your trick, unfortunately, backfires. The bike is caught and spins out. You fly off its seat and land into the dust below. Roll a d8. Eight. <sighs> Take eight more points of damage as you skid across the ground. Ow. How much damage have you taken so far? Oh, I have no idea. I thought you Oh, were- you, you haven't been tracking it? No, I thought you were. Uh, I would guess at like probably 16 or 17 points. 16 sounds about right. Okay. Let's, uh, let's go with that. Okay. You're, you're hurt, but you have plenty of fight left. The bikes are now circling around you. You count six of them. Some of them wield, uh, clubs in their hands. Some with protruding bits of metal. One swings a chain high in the air above him. The other produces a small metal object from his pouch and points it at you. What do you do? I I hold up my hands in a uh, in a non-threatening gesture 
and just ask what they want and who they are. They demand, first of all, for your obedience. They demand for their door back and for an explanation as to why you have invaded them as you have. And they also want to know why you are without clothing. I tell them that I don't know and that they can have their door back, except that they need to let those people go. And that's you get the sense that their questions were more of a facetious, mocking nature. They seem intent on taking you as a prisoner. If you have surrendered, they will attempt to bind you. When they do, I try to reverse it as much as I can. Um, As soon as somebody tries to actually put hands on me. All right. You... By reverse it, you mean basically fight back, or what do you mean? No, yeah, like, um, as they try to grab and restrain me, I want to try to grab and restrain them, grab and restrain them. <laughs> like, I see, okay. You should have the strength for this. You should have the skill for this. You know it's in there. But the injuries you've suffered, the fall, the impact, the crater, you are drained. You are tired. Even the recollection of a faint memory, the ability to manipulate the bike, it's all taken its toll. You attempt the reversal maneuver, and then you are hit in the back of the head by an unseen assailant. Roll a d6. One. It's only one damage, though. Okay. You attempt further. You're attacked again. You take five or more points of damage. Okay. On the third attempt, however, you do manage to reverse the grip and wrest from their hands one of the weapons. Unable to bind them, but you now have in your hand a club, the handle taped around like a snake coiled. You have an arm. Do you wish to use it? Yeah, because they're otherwise they're going to keep coming. I'm not trying to kill anyone. I'm just trying to drive them off. I see. I see. Your first swing misses. Again, just missing that strength in your arm that you know is there, that's locked behind a door. What is locking it? What is in the way of your ability to express the strength of arm required to exert your will what is the sin that weighs upon your mind? God, There's really no wrong answer here. Just to come up with something, you know. Just, just my my initial instinct is just exhaustion. I see. The time of rest has come. It's certainly earned. It's certainly needed. In this moment, that sense of 
being entitled to it, perhaps. Perhaps that is the wickedness that still exists in your heart or perhaps has found its way inside. You push against it. You try to spit it out or sweat it out or perhaps even bleed it out if you can. Another attack comes. And this time, you dodge perfectly. Mm. The attack strikes one of his own allies, sending the man to the ground. You grab him by the back of the shirt and pull. His vest comes off and he tumbles into the dust below. What do you do next? I look for anyone else. You find them indeed. A man bearing a knife comes charging forth, ready to do you in. I try to knock the knife out of his hand. The knife finds its mark, dealing three more points of damage to you. Unfortunate. I focus on the uh, on the people that were in the cage and see if they've come free. You try to make your way away from your enemies, and that is where the man with the small weapon in his hand points and fires his gun at you. You take nine points of damage as a burning hole sears into your skin, into your flesh, and exits out the back. A wound that would simply kill one lesser than yourself, but you do remain standing. Perhaps the lack of dodging astonishes them all the more. In that moment of shock, you find your opportunity not to take revenge, but to seek the safety of others. And at this thought, at this action, a piece of glint makes its way through the clouds, a ray of light, as if pointing you towards your direction. As you make your way through the dust and debris, barefoot, the hot sand now burning your skin, you see the people inside looking out, daring to peek into the light. You rush your way towards them, but you know that you can't save them. Not with all of these captors about. They're slavers. You reach a hand out towards them, and one of them takes it, but just at that moment, as their skin touches yours, one of the bikes comes speeding towards you, the chain swinging a spiral in the wind with the intent to kill. How do you respond? I duck low and swing my club at the wheel of the bike. Okay. You do exactly that. Uh, You find your mark and send the bike careening over your head, uh, spinning like an arrow through the air and causing the man to land far away and crash and burn meeting a just doom most likely but his doom is not your concern you turn your intention back to these people that need you and you reach out to them among them in the back as they exit the vehicle there is a small young 
human. And falling from her hair as she leaps down near you is a feather, pure white, contrasted against the dark background of this place. Hmm. Instead of taking the feather... I want to pick up the feather and try to pluck free the feather that has grown on myself and give them both to the child. Interesting. And as you extend the feather towards the child, she cannot see it. She cannot comprehend it. She does not see the feather on your arm. Can I hold them in the light? For what purpose? To see if that will help her to see them. She sees your hand extended high into the air. She tells you she does not see any object held therein. Hmm. Well, I'm getting the sense that this that these are not for her. Then, um, then I I'll take them both. You gain a new. Well, it's still in your hand. Hmm but it is of similar quality to that which you saw before. It's simply lacking something. What do you wish for in this moment that you could do maybe to help these people, maybe to defend them, maybe to give yourself greater strength? I wish I could carry them and get them out. So I wish I could use the feathers to do that. Interesting. Okay, in that case, um, the last motorist comes up behind you, still wielding the gun. He aims in the general direction of you and the victims. You hear them scream and leap to the periphery, but the child clutches tightly to you. Using the power of hope and the feather within your hands, you are protected by a golden barrier of light. As the bullet deflects off. As if um, commanded by a force of justice, the bullet returns to its sender. And he lies now dead on the ground. The feather is no longer in your hands, but is now attached symmetrically to the opposing arm. Mm. Again, gold. And with this, the danger passed. You find yourself succumbing to your fatigue, to the wounds left behind. And you allow yourself to relax just enough. And you sleep for a time. As you awaken some time later, you find yourself in front of a new structure, another building Glass pane windows line this stripe of red all the way around, though faded from time and wear and dust. A broken sign lies upon it. You hear the clinking of things, of tools, of implements. You look inside and see benches and people milling about back and forth. There was one wearing a white apron, a symbol of 
purity and service. You open a glass door and make your way inside. With your hand still on the handle, you look back to see the dust of the van driving away into the distance. You turn back knowing that you have granted freedom to these people that you didn't know. And sweet smells hit your nose. Smell of comforts and joy and giving are all about you. And you're invited in by a friendly voice. All right, what'll it be? Take a seat. I'll be right with you, honey. And that's where we'll end it. <laughs> I am beyond confused. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i at first i'm like okay it's like mad max it or, is very kind of mad max yeah that's that's interesting i i was i was having imagining what you were throwing at me was a lot of kind of flashes of images and i I was having difficulty kind of um, like understanding the why of everything, like the whole amnesia of it Mm -hmm. all was very disorienting. Good, good, good. Um, It was interesting. I, I liked, I liked not necessarily knowing any of the mechanics and stuff and just leaving it to, to choice. I thought you would like that. And uh, just thinking about like, okay, just what do you want to do? That was, that was very interesting. Yeah. It's a different way of approaching. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm sure this is not the first game idea to try it, but I do want you to know that uh, I put this game together in an hour. Mm. (laughs) Sure. From a system to scenario. Um, so, uh, I've got a little spreadsheet here that is my, uh, character sheet. Interesting. Uh, I do need to ask you an out of game question though. Okay. Um, do you want to put your, your level into, um, combat or skill? Skill. Interesting. I'm all about that utility. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Options, baby. Indeed, indeed. And would let me see, you're a little bit split here. Would you say that's more of a, do you want to focus on social, physical, mental, or creative? Hmm. Creative is like, like just any making things or improvising or doing things like that. Yep. Okay. Then yeah. It's pretty much MacGyver. Yeah. You want creative? Yeah, let's do it. All right. We were leaning into the whole engineering thing anyway, so that seems to track. Oh, by the way, your character seems to have pants now. Um, Hooray. I'm Uh, sure everybody appreciates that. They're a little bit bloodstained. They may have belonged to one of the guys you defeated. Um, But the people that you saved seemed uh, probably grateful. Uh, They gifted you with pants. You know, to... A and man, a ride to the local diner. To a man without pants or food, <laughs> those are the two things that he would want most in this world. I think that that is uh, very true. Mm. 
So I'm, I'm very in tune with what a uh, with what a what a man if one was stuck out in public without pants, uh, what he would probably be wanting. I know were it me, I would really go for a nice pair of pants. <laughs> and maybe a bite to eat also. Excellent. Excellent. Well, okay. So I did want to go in with disorientation. I did want to go in with, you don't really know what's going on. I don't really want to explain anything to you. You were successful. I was successful. Now, for some people, I think that would be really fun and exciting. And for some people, I think that would be off-putting. And I and I get the sense that you're somewhere in between there. Where, like, you definitely like to be in control of your situation. But at the same time, at least it wasn't Dungeons & Dragons. It was It was interesting. It It grabbed my senses at the very least. Um, I think, I think the, the disorientation and kind of lack of understanding my place and then, and then the, also, I think the, um, immediately the first image that I was greeted with was basically at, like a god awful hellscape. Um, yep. It sets a tone, and it's a tone that I don't know that I was ready for, and I wasn't quite sure how to interface with it. Um, well, for my part, you infa- interfaced with it exactly the way I wanted you to. Oh, great. Which is to assume nothing. <laughs> Perfect. Or at least to make, you know, rational assumptions and just, sure, you know, don't stop the game and say, wait, 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 what exactly am I? What exactly is my situation? Just answer questions. Right. Right. I, I did. I did get that sense. And yeah, um, you got onto that right away. So I appreciated that. Absolutely. Um, so this was a fun experiment, at least for me. I don't you found it interesting. I don't know if that means you found it fun. It's okay if you didn't, uh, but I am curious as if if at least you found it interesting enough to maybe want to continue it at some point. I'm not honestly not sure to tell you to tell you the the truth. Um, I I feel like one of the things that grabs me with with stories is having having a i guess a reason to to want to know like i don't i don't feel like i identified with much i i i felt like it was just it was dark and it was it was disorienting and it definitely had you know this metal vibe to it Mm -hmm. which on the face of it, like I can understand how someone would think, wow, that's cool. Like, you know, let's fury road this thing. Um, at the same time I was having, I was having difficulty feeling, uh, I guess emotionally invested because I felt like I was on the back foot all the time anyway, for the most part, um, where, 
I felt like my brain was being pulled in a lot of different directions and wasn't quite sure which direction it ultimately wanted to go in. Mm, I see. I see. I see. So I think I am starting to understand something here, at least. You want to follow my desired outcome, but I did not have one. Um, my desired outcome was only for you to interface with it mm-hmm. and make and find pleasure in the control you had over it. Mm. Even in its lack of control, even if in its lack of power, and you certainly do lack power. This was using essentially a simple roll under system, right? Where you started with essentially um, two to three points and everything. Okay. And in a roll under system, that means that you basically had a five to 10% chance to succeed at anything you were doing. You were using, you were using a 20. Yep. I was using a 20 sided die and rolling it. And a couple of times when you got a one, like I definitely made sure that something bigger happened. Nice. Right. Like you got a little bit more out of that. Um, if you missed by a little bit, I usually try to give you something. Mm. Um, even if it was ultimately not what you wanted, if you failed spectacularly, then you fell off your bike and got thrown into the desert. Gotcha. Right. You know, I think the, the more, the more I, I think about the experience, I think maybe what, what didn't hit for me most was just the tone I think that, and and I don't think that that is your fault. I think that that's more dependent on the mood I was in, the kind of day that I have had today. We, sure, we, and, we, and we did open up with like a lot of joviality and kind of joking around and stuff. Right. And then I was like, okay, really serious experience right right like very sort of heavy metal magazine you know very uh mad max very, yeah you know um and so maybe it was a little heavy-handed given that tone but that's what i had prepared no and that's um, and that's totally so. cool i can i can absolutely see how one there's probably a time where i would be even more into it. I think that I think that maybe knowing the tone going into it, at least for like, okay, this is the general vibe that you can expect from what's going to be delivered can help with engagement because it, it, it at least lets the player have their head in the right headspace headspace yeah sure gotcha um yeah that makes sense and i by the way i gave you no information uh no inkling i was going to do anything like this no and that's right? that's totally cool i love the fact that you put this together and that you surprised me with it and i i don't um i don't hold any of that against you and I don't want you to think that the just because this particular session maybe didn't vibe with me 
super well today, that still makes this or it, it doesn't stop this from being a, an extremely worthwhile experiment that there's a ton of great information that can be taken away from this. Like I, I definitely feel like, um, you know, if it kicked off with sitting in a cafe and all of a sudden, you know, cars start flying by and there's sirens and gunshots start going off or, you know, on the flip side, maybe you're sitting in a cafe and an interesting person sits down across from you and starts talking about something kind of weird or, you know, intriguing. There are a lot of ways that a system like this could be used that depending on the kind of experience you want to go for could engage different kinds of people or. Oh, for sure. And I, I would, you know, while your reaction is not everything I had ever hoped for, um, it is like you say, a valuable experiment. And, and um, I guess I could say, I'm in the experimental phase of like my GM development, right? Like sure. I, I want to, I don't want to play. I want to hold your hand anymore as much as I want to start playing weird crap. Yeah. Not that I'm the Beatles, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I definitely want to do like some yellow submarine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, something, something a little bit different. Why um, not? And, you know, and it can't, and, it can't hurt. And, and, you know, and to be fair, you were uh, a great sport going through it. You were willing to play that game with me. Hey, and I'm here. That's all any of us can really ask for. And so, so um, I it, things don't need to be a rousing, joyful, um, you know, just absolute home run for it to be valuable. So I am I am fine with that. And I uh, I appreciate your hard work. Good job. Like, well, I mean, I put an hour in. It's not that. <laughs> hey, it's still. It's hey, not. <laughs> I I understand how even an hour of solid creativity, like that's still that is genuine expended energy. Um, oh yeah, and it still felt good to do it. Like that was almost just more entertaining than anything else. Um. But uh, anyway, I appreciate it. And uh, well, that was my topic. Uh, I'm not exactly sure how you want to title that, uh, but I will leave that in your capable hands. I'll just title it Surprise Hellscape. (laughs) Surprise Hellscape. That's a good name. Oh, man. That'll that'll uh, I'm sure the uh, the SEO, the search engine optimization is going to be perfect on that. So I just now I'm looking forward to like people hearing it and going, oh, this is what I think was going on in Mm. the scenario. Like, I think this is the backdrop. I think this is the story behind the story uh, being told, because I did try to hint at lots of things. Yeah. Um, It'll also be interesting to see if anyone goes, Adam, that was the cringiest thing I've ever heard. Please never do that again. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you know, that was way too heavy. Who do you think you are? Stop it. (laughs) <laughs> so pretentious it was no. pre- it was a bit pretentious you know uh hey but i i'm a bit pretentious so you know i don't know what to tell you or, that's just you know it's fun it's fun to try things and you don't know until you give it a shot 
you know, and a but, lot of times yeah. they say that, you know, you, you learn, oftentimes you learn less from success. You just know that, okay, that, that was. Aha, so this was a failure. <laughs> no, I didn't say that. I just made a completely unrelated statement. <laughs> I just, I just, you know, I am not insecure about it. That's fine. Um, you know, you, you've got to kill your darlings, as they said. And, and there are things about it that, that work and don't. And that's fine. Fair enough. Anyway, it is the time is far spent, my dude. And uh, why don't you go ahead and take us the rest of the way home? All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for hanging out with us tonight. And like Adam said, I, I too, am very intrigued to hear what you guys thought was going on and the decisions that you would have made, because I'm sitting there while I'm being faced with these questions going, I'm sure that there is someone else out there who is way smarter than me, who's got some clever ideas, you know, all jumping all over their brains. So I would love to hear what everyone else thought of this and what you would have done. Um, so if you would like, to throw those ideas at us and talk with us, head on over to patreon.com slash inspiration point and try supporting us at one of the tiers uh, that we have on the page. Included in those benefits is access to our patron exclusive discord channel where we have ongoing conversations about basically all kinds of nerdy stuff. And we have a great mostly time. Elden Ring and occasionally something useful. <laughs> <laughs> if the if the past couple of weeks is any indication. Um, That's right. Lots of great people there, very genuine people who all share that secret ingredient of love. So if you would like to participate with them, head on over to Patreon. Check out the different tiers. If you jump in at the highest one, you will get to participate in an ongoing campaign that is run by Mr. Adam Power here. And just to throw this out there, the campaign that is running right now is using D&D 5th Edition. It is not a an experimental homebrew thing. Just so that you know that that's what you'd be. Although there is some experimental crap in there. That's true. (laughs) That's true. Because he does love that sort of thing. Because I do that. Yeah, that's my thing. And for what it's worth, it's very fun. Um, Also, if you would like to connect with us, otherwise, head on over to inspirationpoint.buzzsprout.com. And in the upper right hand corner, if you're on desktop or in the upper center, if you're on mobile, you will find three buttons that can take you to our Facebook, Twitter and Patreon, respectively. So until next time, think about what you would like to try, what you would like to see. Similar to one of our very earliest episodes, step outside your comfort zone. Think of some weird, something that might work, might not work. Give it a shot and see what you can learn from it. Because no matter what, 
it's going to be valuable and you're going to grow as a GM. You're going to grow as a player and you're going to have fun. So keep that in mind. And until next time, stay inspired. Bye. Bye bye.